are now listening to Podcasting in Pinstripes, the official New York Yankee podcast of Gotham Sports Network. Welcome back to another episode of Podcasting in Pinstripes, the official New York Yankees podcast on the Gotham Sports Network. Sam, we are one week away from opening day 2020. Finally. How you doing, man? (laughs) I'm doing well. Opening day 2020 in July. That is just something that is never going to set in. Just like we're watching the Yankees play inter-squad games against each other with zero fans in the stands. We're going to get to that aspect in a little bit. But this just seems so out of whack. I'm looking at my desktop right now, and I'm looking at a date. We're in the middle of July. I mean, this is just, I don't know. My brain's in a million different places. <laughs> this is just nuts. But it is, it's going it to be is. so great to see the Yankees back, all of Major League Baseball, really, for a season that's going to look a lot different. But I'm very excited. Um Yeah, opening day is one week away, and uh, the Yankees are going to be traveling down to Washington to play the defending World Series champions. First five games on the road, it's going to be important to get off on a good start. Like we said in the first episode of the season, a seven-game losing streak is equivalent to a 19-game one this year. Every single game counts. But this is going to be a very... Very interesting season, and I'm looking forward to it. One week, baby. One week, yeah. And like you said, we recorded a few weeks ago, right before everybody reported for for summer camp, as they're calling it now. Um, I've been paying attention to that. I'm sure you have as well. It's been it's been weird. It's been interesting. It's you know it's it's totally weird to see an empty Yankee Stadium, seeing the Yankees play against them, themselves, seeing weird inner squad matchups where like there's nobody playing left field for an inning, or someone gets a hit and they don't bother running. It's uh it's been a very interesting summer camp here. Uh, how what are your thoughts been on the kind of like the the little videos you've gotten to? Have you watched any of the games that are on? Yes, I, I've you know tuned into an, an inning here or there. Um, I think it's the, the sounds are really cool. You get to like you know hear the pop and hear the the crack of the bat, but then it's also super eerie seeing an empty you know stadium in the Bronx. Um, you know Stanton and Judge went back to back. Uh, last night in the inner squad games here and it was just super it's super weird and still gonna take a lot getting used to once opening day comes around because they're not gonna be fans this year what are you what are your initial thoughts on how summer camp has looked from a fan perspective it's looked really really strange i mean of course no fans in the stands the, the yankees are playing against each other every single day except for this weekend they have an exhibition scheduled against the mets but like you said, there's no fans in the stands. You can hear the crack of every bat. And this is going to take a while to settle into. I'll never forget my senior year of high school back in 2015. Uh, the Baltimore Orioles and the Chicago White Sox played a game without fans in Baltimore due to the riots going on there in the beginning of the season. And I was at the end of my school day, just watching that, I had some headphones in and I was just thinking, this is so damn weird, but that's what it's going to be likely for every single MLB game this season. You know, some local regulations might allow a limited number of fans in, Yeah, but, but I don't know. It's I, I can't see it on. happening. I can't 
either. But I'm looking at this empty stadium, and it's going to, like I said, it's going to take a while to get used to. It's going to take a while for the players to get used to. I mean, the Yankees going on the road for a Sunday night game to Fenway Park, you know, one of the most ruckus environments in all of baseball. Say that game goes into extra innings and the Red Sox get a runner on second base. Chad Green or Adam Adovino, Adam Adovino was one of the guys who spoke out against that rule. They're going to have a runner on second base and, you know, there's going to be no crowd noise. Yeah, definitely play a factor. I saw some teams are going to be experimenting with automated crowd noise from the PA system or whatever. That's all fun and good, but it's going to be good to see baseball back, but it's going to be a little depressing not to see fans in the stands. And Steve, I hope we get to a place as a country where we can get fans in the stands back in time for next season. Uh, I'm not really yeah, sure we, about we that right we now. Better. I I totally agree. And even we both live in the Philadelphia area. The Yankees are coming to Citizens Bank Park on a weekend in 2021. It's a weekend in the middle of June. And all I'm saying is there better be freaking fans (laughs) out there. We better be having some Bud Lights out in that outfield. Absolutely. But the season is going to be a lot different. And I think the number one most different part, aside from the 60 games, is no fans. It's going to take a lot for everybody to get used to. Yeah, no, it, it definitely will. And even, you know, just watching it on TV, it's, you know, you can tell that the players are, you know, it's a different atmosphere. Like you said, the atmosphere is huge. Yeah, you know, the, the Bronx Zoo, it was, it was a huge element for the Yankees in 2017. You know, that that atmosphere is gone. And every every team in baseball, you know, says that they have a strong, strong fan base that can make a difference here. When you take that element out of it, you kind of just get pure baseball. And we'll see how people are due uh, do with that like you said there the extra innings is you know it is a whole different element where a pass ball could could end a game almost with uh, the runner on second and you know having that crowd noise and you know maybe having you know uh, uh, a mitch, uh, mismatch with your with your pitcher and not being on the same page here there's a whole bunch going on that, that the fans take out of it but but there's gonna be baseball so we'll, we'll take the positives from there there will be baseball in the Bronx and the Yankees have been there for a couple weeks at summer camp um, it's, it's been some good things. We've seen some good things, and but we have seen some some bad things. So the, the top top thing of summer camp, you notice, is there's no DJ LeMayhew. Um, he tested positive for coronavirus before even getting to the Bronx, uh, has been in his, his quarantine from them. Reports are he'll be there by this weekend, which is a great sign for the Yankees. But as we mentioned, it's one week away from opening day, so it's hard-pressed to see if he's going to be in that starting lineup. It's going to take him a few weeks to get – game ready here so that's that's the biggest change to the Yankees like Louis Sessa um, also never arrived at, at summer camp due to a positive test so the Yankees had two players there Sessa is what Sessa is so we'll kind of leave that at, at that but LeMahieu was a revelation for the Yankees last year um, and you know it's a contract year for him too so he's gonna get a kind of a rough start to his 2020 season here having dealt with the virus and now hopefully coming back for the Yankees, but this does affect the Yankees lineup for opening day and possibly the, uh, the, the first two weeks of the season. It absolutely does. And that's this recovery time from the coronavirus is something that I am very, very interested to see how long it takes. Some cases are obviously more severe than others, but when we're talking about going back to play on a team 
full of guys playing sports, the protocols are going to be much different for, you know, the average person who gets this and rightfully so. So like we said, opening day, one week away, uh, LeMahieu did not even arrive in the Bronx. How long it takes him to get ramped up is anyone's guess. I know the Yankees are going to have a certain amount of players somewhere, staying fresh, making sure guys can get back into the swing of things, but it's going to be very, very unconventional for LeMahieu. And this is the guy that made the Yankees offense go round last year. I mean, 330 hitter, you know, 20-plus homers. Uh, really was the Yankees offensive MVP last year, possibly, you know, you know, team MVP tone. as well. Every game. Yeah, and when he got put up to that leadoff spot and he just hit and hit and hit, and he had a bit of a knee injury last year, but the Yankees really didn't go any extended period of time without him in the lineup. And like I mentioned in the beginning of the show, like we've been talking about for the first couple episodes, it's only a 60-game season. And to have LeMahieu out of the lineup uh, for whatever period it is, is going to hurt. But the Yankees have to make sure they don't rush him back. Uh, and and that he gets into that lineup at close to 100%. They have the depth to to yeah, fill definitely. the hole, but it's it's unfortunate that arguably their best offensive player came down with this virus and but like we said on the first episode Steve, this is something the Yankees are going to have to deal with all season long and you brought up the point that if a member of the Yankees bullpen gets it during the season, that the entire bullpen easily could. And yeah. what do you know? The Yankees, <laughs> Bingo. Not, not, not that all of the pitchers are together right now out in the bullpen, but what do you know? The Yankees all-star closer, Aroldis Chapman, also test positive for coronavirus, and he has mild symptoms, according to reports coming out over the weekend. So... Steve, um, it's been good I'm though, Sam. There's been no reports after. It's been you know several days since Chapman got it, and uh, based on MLB protocol, this would you would assume that every point in the bullpen has been tested since then and has passed again because we haven't heard anything from there. So I take that as a good sign that the Yankees are taking the right precautions and and it didn't spread as 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 easily as it, as we know it could. Um, so I think that I'll take the the Chapman thing as as a as a positive sign here. Um, but as another big, another huge hole in a, in a season where the bullpen is going to be extremely important. We don't know how long starting pitchers were going to go. Chapman's had a, a great few years here with the Yankees, and um, but then it comes back to the depth. You're going to have Britton slide in to that that closer role here. We don't know how long Chapman could be out. He could be back. You know, let's say let's say he passes his test in two weeks. It's, we're almost in August. It's going to take him another week or two to get back into, into throwing shape. We're now at you no know, missing. You know. 10 to 15 games, we're at 20% of the season. So that's a huge, huge factor here. I, so the, the bullpen will be tested early, but I think the good sign of it is that no one else in the bullpen has has been tested positive as far as we know yet. That's true. Uh, I'm thinking, I don't expect to see Chapman before, you know, you know close to mid-August if, yeah. we're, if we're being honest here. I mean, like I said, the recovery from this virus is something that I'm going to be 
paying closely attention to because um, it, it it's going to take a toll on these athletes. And Chapman was lights out at the end of the bullpen last year. But again, the Yankees have depth back there. Chad Green, Tommy Canely. Uh, we assume Britain is going to slide right into the closers role. So the Yankees will hopefully be able to get over the hump with this. But again, when you're talking about DJ LeMayhew and Aroldis Chapman, you're talking about two of the six, seven, or eight best players on the Yankees team. Uh, I think Aroldis Chapman is one of the best players on the Yankees, uh, without a doubt. Uh, And this virus is going to be a threat to every single team all year, but the fact that these guys have gotten it individually and you know, obviously the entire team has been uh, tested since Chapman's diagnosis and and Chapman got it while he was in camp, uh, seems to be a good sign. Like we said, the Yankees are going to be utilizing this uh, for the next week, the entire stadium for this summer camp thing. So yeah, let's hope, you know, you got to contain the spread of this. And if one or two guys get it, it's one thing. But obviously you do not the, – the nightmare scenario would this be making its way through the whole team. Yeah, I mean, that would result in pretty much baseball. I would feel like shutting down if a team had to I wonder, get that. But. I wonder if there's a plan in place if every team can't play 60 games. I mean, you have I don't to, even want to think about it. Don't even want you, to think about it. <laughs> I would have, if I were MLB, I'd have left another open week at the end of the season where we say, hey, uh, this is a week to make up regular season games. Uh, But if not, if we don't have to make up any or we only have to make up one or two, we can push the playoffs up to the regular start date. But I'm, I'm very concerned, you know, if tests come back one time, you know, on a Saturday morning when a team's in town Friday night and one of the teams got 16 or 17 positives. Um, and a lot of people are saying MLB is screwing itself by doing the regular travel, even if they're doing it regionally. Uh, I wonder if there's plans in place for this. Yeah, no idea. I'll be honest. I have no idea. We'll, we'll have to wait and see. Hopefully we're not, not come to that scenario. Um, not not COVID related here, but the back to kind of our regularly scheduled from last year is the injury update for the Yankees. It is a, a new season, but the almost the same old Yankees here with weird injuries coming left and right, even as we are in summer camp. Um, the most serious one looks like it's uh, Masahiro Tanaka. Absolute bullet from John Carlos Stanton off his head. Um, helped off the field. Um Mild concussion, I think, is a great sign for Tanaka here. He's been seen at the park. He's been seen doing some slight light running and some drills here. Not sure when he's going to get thrown again here, but but scary scene that seems like only happens to, to the Yankees these past few years. Uh, Stanton just hit that ball perfectly on the nose. They said it was 112 miles an hour off the bat. Nothing, absolutely nothing Tanaka could do there. Um, it's part of, part of the game, part of baseball. But a scary scene there for, for the Yankees and Tanaka. It absolutely was. It's not what I wanted to see when I was enjoying 4th of July up on Cape Cod, I'll tell you that yeah. much. Uh, and, and, of course... And, I love people this, blaming Stan. Like, well, you're a, bunch of, you're a bunch of fucking idiots blaming Stan. <laughs> this obviously isn't 
Stanton's fault, but uh, I mean, it, it's fitting that it happened. Yeah, yeah. You have all these idiots, you know, blaming him like he controls where the ball goes. Heck, he squared it up to a T. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, I mean, that was a scary situation. Thankfully, it was only a mild concussion. I think that's the best case scenario in that situation. Um, so, uh, Tanaka is going to be the a huge part of the Yankees uh, as he is every year. And right, also another having, free agent year for him. I don't, I, I think he'd be the one per teammate or player that I, I think is staying with the Yankees is, you know, past this season here, but for him, you know, a strong season here could really up his price here. And it looks like he's going to miss some time. Um, so that, you know, like we've mentioned it before with a couple other players, uh, one little injury, no matter how small it is, could, could really affect the player heading into free agency, which is going to be a weird year no matter what for Tanaka. But as you said, it looks like he's, he Tanaka is like, I think he's awesome. He, he's always straightforward. Like a day later, he was out there smiling on the field. Um, so hopefully he gets throwing soon and doesn't miss too much time, but that does open another spot in the, in the rotation here. I think, you know, the, the easy locks we got are uh, obviously Garrett Cole, which we'll talk about him and being amazing and awesome. And we love him. Um, James Paxton, goes to the two role. Um, Jay Happ goes to, goes to the, the third spot, four or five now up for grabs. Um, I think we're going to see an opener role would be my guess here. And then my, my pick from the last episode of Clark Schmidt filling out the rotation here still looks nasty. He, uh, he kind of, you know, he's kind of showed, flashed that stuff in spring training before um, everybody returned home and he came back for summer camp and Clark Schmidt looks awesome. He really does. That breaking pitch is going to be getting a lot of hitters out and if he's not in the starting rotation Yankees could possibly use him uh out of the bullpen uh in some situations there was a big thing uh he has not made his major league baseball debut yet uh and the bigs the service time thing is also coming into play here yeah definitely uh in this 60 game season uh i'm seeing it looks like mlb teams do not lose the year of service time for rookies with no pre-existing service time which schmidt does not have um if they wait to call them up until the sixth or seventh yeah day so it's season. gonna be like a, a prorated situation for the rest of the year you know we saw you know the most most famous one i think is chris bryan who's who sued the cubs for it um, we kind of saw it a little bit with Glaber Torres and how they held him back until, you know, a month into the season here. So, yeah, to your point here, I think the Yankees keep Schmidt off the off the 40-man roster and off the MLB roster until that, that date hits. So they keep that extra year of service time. It's it's going to be another – that's going to be another point of contention when these players and owners get into the, the new CBA here. Um, but for the Yankees, it's a smart move, and it likely means we won't see, you know, Clark Schmidt the first week of the year. Um, but I think once that date ends, the Yankees are going to need him. It's going to be a necessity. So we're going to see what happens there because you can't keep this stuff just chilling in the taxi squad in a year like this. No, and like we said, every game's important in a 60-game season. So if the Yankees feel like Clark Schmidt can contribute from day one, and obviously the Yankees' title window is, is something that's heavily debated with Aaron Judge, Gary Sanchez, you know, Glaber Torres, all making their minimum wage salaries. 
you want to have the best 30 players, which is what's allowed on opening day. You want to have the best 30 players from day one. And if Clark Schmidt is one of the 30 best players from day one, you put him on that roster. Yeah. If he, definitely. if you think he can help the team win. Um, yeah. So. We, we missed Jordan Montgomery. Yeah. We're still dusting off a little rust here for, for no base for a long time, but Montgomery will be the four. And then the fifth could be Schmidt could be the opener. Chad green. I think he kind of Aaron Boone gave a, gave a nice classic answer here about Jonathan Luizaga asking if he could be the fifth starter. And they, he said, uh, I see him as a bullpen guy, but as also someone who can get starts. So uh, thanks for the answer there, Booney. Um, but the, the, the fifth spot's going to be open. And uh, I think we're gonna, it's going to be a battle. I think Spark Clark has been winning that battle. So we'll, we'll see how the Yankees u- utilize him uh, moving forward here. But that's another guy that could take a huge opportunity here uh, in, in this type of season and, and excel and start putting his name on the map here. He's a top 75 player um, in, in according to Baseball America. They had him ranked 62 uh, prior to the, this season starting, I think if we had a normal year, he would have been a top twenty-five guy by the by their mid-season ranking series. He's kind of felt fell into his you know into his his skin into his game and has really been been improving every time he's been out on the mound. So that's uh, exciting to see from uh, from the pitching side of it. Uh, transition to the other injuries we've had here. Aaron Judge was out of the lineup most this week, uh, even though they are just inter-squad games. He had a stiff neck um, each day that went by. He kind of got more vague, and I started getting more worried. But luckily, uh, on Wednesday night, he entered the lineup again, and on his first at-bat, went deep to center. So hopefully this is a, a small thing here, and the Yankees are just being extra cautious. But, you know, given the history here, it started to get a little nervous when it was like three or four days in a row without Judge. Yeah, and obviously you had the, the talk of the injuries coming up again. That is this here we go again, yada, yada. But – he silenced all the critics tonight and took James Paxton deep to center field. Uh, like, again, I'm watching the video right here, right now, as I talk. It was a good shot. Just <laughs> seeing him do it in an empty stadium is – I don't <laughs> think it's ever going to set in. But with LeMahieu out probably the first week or two, uh, Judge is going to be all that much more important and the Yankees can ill afford another injury to him and had the pandemic not gotten in the way of things. Uh, I'm reading here from George King of the New York post that the Yankees believed it would have been June or July before judge was ready to play. Yeah. And from- I would lead more towards July given the, you know, the, the history of the Yankees giving us dates like that and knowing judge, it, it seems like that if there was a normal season, like, July 23rd would have been the first time we would have seen Judge play anyway. So this worked out great for him. Um, but, yeah, I think I, don't, I think it would have been a long time before we, we saw Judge in a normal year. Yeah. and But to have him back and a 60-game season could benefit Judge. He, it could be one of the players um, the season benefits. Of course, he had the oblique injury back in April of last year. But it, it's going to be very – very interesting to see. I think he's going to be in that two-hole. Uh, I, I think without LeMahieu uh, in the leadoff role for the first week or so, I think you'll see Hicks, Judge, uh, in the one and two spots. So that should provide a lot of runs. But like I said, the Yankees, and if he stays healthy, I mean, 
we could see Aaron Judge at 25 and 60 games. That's a bold prediction of mine. I love it. Give me, uh, give me more. That'd be amazing. So 25 and 60 days. We were kind of, we've looked up some, some numbers on the the biggest kind of splits here. Um, for the first 60 games of a season, the MLB record is 17 home runs um, by, I believe, Tony Clark of the Tigers when he was there. But if you just pick any random 60 games over the course of a season, no shock here, but Barry Bonds had 34 home runs in 60 games. And then it's uh, Sammy Sosa and Ken Griffey Jr., I believe, are at 33 and 32 home runs in 60 games. So those guys are hitting stuff. You know, back in given the time here that it was, they were hitting balls every other game. So I think that's. Uh, do you think twenty five could be a number Judge can get to? That I mean that that has to be the would be the the tops in baseball here. I was thinking more just just twenty would even do it. Yeah, um, I don't think I I can't see him flirting with Bonds numbers, <laughs> but I can see him you know getting twenty twenty five. Uh, yeah, that's assuming he stays healthy. Of course, yeah. But, yeah, and it, I, I really wonder, a big question of mine coming into this year is going to be how Aaron Boone and other managers around the league manage the off days with players. Mm-hmm. Um, like we said, only 60 games. Uh, the travel's a lot less. Obviously, the the furthest the Yankees go is to I don't believe they go to the um, it would be Marlins. Uh, uh, hold on, so the farthest think, they go is the is Atlanta, I think. Tampa, Tampa. Oh, Tampa. I oh, obviously Tampa. Yeah, yeah. I, I've been forgetting uh-huh. that the Rays exist for the past like three weeks, and they're they, they're one of the best teams in baseball. <laughs> I think they only go there twice. Um, the Yankees have one of the more unbalanced schedules. Uh, I'm not going to complain because we're a Yankee fan here, but you know they, you know the Red Sox come to Yankee Stadium six times, and the Rays come to Yankee Stadium seven times. It's very unbalanced, uh, but I'll take it. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm I'm looking now. Yeah, the Yankees go to Florida one time to play the Rays, and yeah, the Marlins come to the Yankees the last yeah. weekend of the season. So that's so, great, great for the Yankees. But yeah, but yeah, the off days will be weird. And I think it helps with the Yankees. We, we kind of touched on the, the depth with DJ being out here, but especially with Judge and with Stanton kind of being into a DH role here. I mean, there's a ton of outfielders that are looking for spots. I mean, we, we, we haven't even talked about Mike Talkman this year at all. He's been pretty quiet. Um, but, you know, that was a, a revelation that going into last year. You know, Clint Frazier's kind of made some headlines with um, him wearing the mask and him rightfully saying, like, hey, there's a couple of guys in that box with me. And more importantly, I can't get hurt. My career is on the line here. Like, he he saw it last year where he had that foot injury right when he was getting hot and Talkman came in and kind of stole his thunder. And then we didn't see Clint for a while. So I, I like that, the, you know, what, what Frazier's doing there, making sure he can get on the field as much as possible. But as you said, how often will that be? And then there's even Miguel Andujar, who's working out at left field. He's took a, tried to take a few fly balls in right field. And then he's even picking some balls at first base. So those are three guys the Yankees have that if they're all healthy, Boone trying to manage off days and get those guys at bats in a shortened season where you want to get into a rhythm is going to be really interesting because at, at this point, it's got to be out of those three, whoever gets hot, gets the playing time. And there's Brett Gardner who's going to try and keep his his left field starting job there too. But if Brett Gardner starts out cold, 
to, you know, is, is the lineup going to be changing every day based on the performance of the day before? And, you know, then players, can they get into a rhythm here? So, I mean, yeah, I think the big three are, are Talkman and Duhar and, and Frazier. Which one of those do you think gets the, the most at-bats this season? Talkman and Duhar and Frazier. I have a piece coming out about this. Oh, sorry, it's still good thunder, but check it out on GothamSN.com when it comes out. I, uh, I just started finishing up before uh, we got on. Talkman and Duhar, Frazier. I'm going Talkman. Who gets the most at bats? I think so too. Yeah, you know he's that lefty bat. He provides you know some balance in a lineup full of righties, uh, and you know we saw Talkman get hot last year. He played well. well Andujar obviously didn't play much, but he's got the best defense out of the three. I mean, and- but compared to the two of them, me and you might have the best defense out of the three. Like, <laughs> like but but that's a huge plus, especially when you're looking at games where, you know. Um, Either way, I think he's going to be coming in a lot of times as a defensive replacement. So I agree with you there uh, on Talkman. And he's, uh, like you said, if he gets hot, he's, we don't know what type of player Talkman can fully be. It's only been one year. Yeah. And he played the best out of the three last year. Oh, easily. Uh, so he played the best out of the three. He's a lefty bat. And he plays the best defense. Uh, I mean, it's an easy decision for me and he can play all three outfield spots with above average defense so i think that's an easy one i'm going to talk I, I, I agree with you it, sh- it should be a really easy one but then like it's also like what if talkman like how bad does it have to get to make like if, if talkman's playing good defense but he's batting you know 120 or you know one you know 180 do you, do you then say all right we gotta we gotta see what Anduhar can do in the field because we know that bat is, is something different here. So it almost kind of might rely on other players in the lineup and see it. Do we are we getting enough offense? If so, then we can we can take Talkman and make sure we get the defense there. Or just go the other way, saying we need to boost our offense and Talkman's a little cold. Let's see what you know the the fiery redhead and Clint Frazier can do because we know that you know if he gets if he gets mad at something and starts getting on a run, he got red hot a few times in his career, even though he you know. He's had his up and down. So it's going to be really interesting to see there. And then Andujar playing first base. Um, well, you know, will a lot depend on, on Luke Voigt. But then I don't know if you saw on, on Tuesday, they, we saw Gio Urshela taking some ground balls at second base, which med, led me to believe that there's maybe an option there. Um, could be a defensive thing. Could be a late in the game thing here. But if we're facing a tough lefty, you keep talking about the lineup and you can keep Tyler Wade out the lineup while you wait for DJ to come back have Urshela play second, and then you can do Andujar uh, at third, which I thought was an interesting uh, idea that was that was thrown out there. Yeah, for sure, and and that's that's a very, very good point. And I, I was thinking about that before we got on tonight. Um, you have, yeah, Urshela at second base, and then Andujar would play third. Obviously, a big, you know, still a huge defensive question mark uh, with his lateral movement over there. So how much of a role Andujar has remains to be seen. But I've always said, and the Yankees clearly think this too. I mean, I was saying this on episodes back in 2018, that left field is by far the best position him for him for a position change. Without uh, a doubt. Because he's got the strong arm. The first base hides his arm, and it kind of ruins his lateral movement there too. Like if he's got trouble with balls in the line, I don't see how first kind of helps that. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, you still got to scoop balls at first. That's a whole 
process to change him uh, or to teach him, excuse me. So I, I do like that, but I think especially in a 60-game season, defensive replacements are going to be big. Huge. So yeah, with Bigger rosters, Tyler Wade, Tyro Estrada has been hitting balls. I think I've seen him hit more home runs than anybody in, in summer camp so far. Um, and he hasn't really been talked about as possibly being the, the opening day second baseman. Yeah, and I think you could see Andrew Har as the starting uh, third baseman. Um, but I, I think with with a lead, you'd see um, Urshela shift it from second to third yeah. and then Wade slide in the second. Um, I'll without, watch Wade slide in anywhere. That guy's smooth. <laughs> but I really hope talking about Andujar here, that that 2018 form helicopter swing is back. I mean, we saw him take cold deep right away. Yeah, right out to right field, showing that opposite field power. So if his bat is in the line, if Andujar's bat is there, I think Aaron Boone's going to find a way to get him in the lineup. Even if it's one or two, two or three at bats, yeah. I agree. It's, yeah. it's let's but hide him. Seven innings. If he's a seven inning player, yeah, there, let's hide him in the left bat's field. Going, he's in the lineup. Yeah, I think you. I think it's, it's possible, especially if you have like a, a righty on the mound, which the Yankees are. You know, they have, they have you know with Cole being a heavy righty and, and stuff. There's a righty pitcher on the mound. You hope that you know the, the, the batter will be more lefty based and they could pull the ball. So maybe Talkman, you could just hide him in left field. No, sorry, hide and Duhar in left field for five, six innings. Get him two, three at bats. And then make that switch to Talkman, which in the end, ideally, will get Talkman a few at bats a game too. But that's a that's a very tough role for baseball players who have been playing nine innings their whole life to get to get used to. And you, you've ruined the. Could you possibly risk ruining the flow of both of them? Um, but in a weird year like this, you got to try everything. Absolutely, and it's all about winning as it is um, every single season. <laughs> but it, it's. It's going to be a lot different this year uh, from strategy uh, to, to, to rest days to no fans. It's going to be like a season, uh, unexpectedly, that we, we, we've never seen before. Um, yep. And that's, a, that's the only way to put it is we just don't know what's going to happen here, who's going to be out there, uh, and, and what, we'll, what we'll see. And that, that's the crazy part of it all. Um, which is, it makes it exciting, which makes it exciting. And I think, you know, like we talked about a little bit last time here regarding the NBA, like they said, that it, it could be harder to win a title this year. People are, a lot of people are saying that, that um, whoever wins this year is not a real, t- real MLB champion and stuff like that. But the, the added elements here of, you know, a very short summer camp here, 60 games, um, you know, what, what you do if your team gets hurt could lead to a, a more challenging season. And maybe even, a, to, to me, it's a true champion for sure given all the challenges that, that are happening for each team. Yeah, there's obviously going to be a lot of quirks uh, into this season, and it's going to be tough on – this is new for everybody, players, managers, fans, media, team employees. I mean, this is going to be a total 180 from years past, and it's going to – you're going to see a lot of – I think teams or one or two teams get hot and that we didn't expect, you know, 100%. Like a good, a good month and a half, a hot month and a half could land you in the playoffs. And Uh, imagine it's a team like the Marlins. 
Like, I, I need something ridiculous to happen. Like, a team like the Marlins come out and, like, the, like, what do you do if the Orioles start out good? I mean, the Orioles suck. Like, we're not, like they're, they're, they didn't magically get good, but what if somehow they, they win some games here? That could change. If you're a fan base for those teams that are bad, the first few weeks have got to be really exciting because you never know. Like, what if you get, like, a baseball, you know, level finds its water, you know, whatever, water, find, water finds its level. Uh, but in 60 games here, you can have complete opposites. You could have teams like, you know, like the Yankees and Dodgers miss the playoffs and seeing teams like, you know, the Rangers, you know, Rangers, Giants, Reds, Marlins or something in the playoffs. And uh, that then, then then all hell break loose and it'll be – but it'll be fun to watch. <laughs> yeah. Um, it, And I think that has a pretty good chance of happening. And like you said, what do you do? If, if that, if <laughs> just that watch, happens, enjoy, <laughs> if they just start playing good, um, out of nowhere, it's, it's going to be fun to watch. I'm, I'm really excited. And one thing I have to bring up is that pitch that Garrett Cole threw. Uh, I believe it was to Stanton the other day. Oh uh, yeah. Got, can you believe sometimes <laughs> I just, sit down, I'm at my desk working during the day. I reiterate to myself, Garrett Cole pitches for the Yankees. He had nine strikeouts and faced like 20 batters the other day, and he was, it was, it was, it was not close. And he's doing that all like with a newborn at home. (laughs) Is that, honestly, I I forgot at some points during the the, the quarantine that, he played for the Yankees. I mean, I just totally forgot. No, I, I agree. You just, you just, you don't, you, you, you don't, because you don't, you, you didn't get that, that huge lead up. We saw, we got the excitement of him coming to spring training in Tampa and we saw a couple bullpen sessions. Then we saw him kind of get lit up that one game versus the Tigers. And then all of a sudden it disappeared and five months went, went by. And now you're like, Oh, right. Garrett Cole's still there. Uh, and then going against our lineup, just, all right, Garrett Cole still flat out. Amazing. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, absolutely filthy. And a 60-game season, like we're talking about benefits of it, Cole in the playoffs, the Yankees could have a lot of his bullets and, oh, yeah. uh, on their way to a you know potential World Series berth. So I cannot wait to watch this guy next Thursday in Washington. Uh, it, it, it's going to be absolutely electric. I mean, seeing the Yankees have no chance off this guy, you know, the past two years to that he now pitches for them is going to be so, so fun to watch. And it is. And that, that, that literally takes me into a, what I kind of wanted to wrap up this episode was, you know, last week we ended up with who could be, you know, our surprise players. And we named guys like Tyler Wade and Clark Schmidt. Um, for this one, it's stick more with the the obvious stuff here, and I think we kind of both just alluded to it with the past five minutes here. But who is the one MVP that the Yankees? Who will be the MVP of the Yankees roster in 2020? Um, easy case in point for me is Garrett Cole. But is there anyone else on their roster that for you will will be the, the MVP when we look back at 2020? I'm gonna go with Aaron Judge. Like I said earlier in the episode, a 60 game season, Judge if he stays healthy is going to be the Yankees MVP. We're already going to be without LeMahieu for, you know, a week or so into the season, uh, seven to 10 games, whatever it's going to be. But Aaron judge has serious potential to get hot. 
and I could also see Giancarlo Stanton going on a tear. I, I could I could see one of those two. I'm going to give the edge to Judge, but I think it's going to be the big fella in right field. You know, combined yeah. with his plate discipline, uh, you know. I think if he stays healthy, he is the Yankees MVP this year. And I could see him hitting 280, 25 homers, and 65 RBIs in this 60-game season. Like I said, it's going to be interesting how Aaron Boone chooses to utilize him. You know, days off, how many of them do you give him? But I'm going with Aaron Judge. I, I think he has – if the Yankees are going to run away with this 60-game season – and, you know, go 51 or, or, excuse me, 41 and 19 or something like that. He's going to be a big, big reason why. Yeah, no, I like that. I was going to go, I'm going to go, obviously, I think we both picked Cole to be the the, MV, the main MVP for the Yankees here. So we'll kind of cross him off that. Um, I'm going to go Glaber Torres. You know, moving to shortstop, um, huge move for him. He's, I think he's handled himself fine at shortstop in, in the, you know, the 80 plus games he's been there. But he's he's on pace to becoming one of the the huge power hitters all around baseball, and for him to do it as a, at a shortstop position on the Yankees, um, I might sprinkle a little on Gleyber Torres. Uh, I think Sam and I are a little little, little dabble a little bit in the in the betting world here, but Gleyber Torres at at plus twelve hundred to win the AL MVP. Um, I think that's you know if he stays healthy, I think you have the injury history with Stan and with Judge. Uh, I think there's some good value there in Glaber Torres. Uh, he's got he's got to do it there without DJ LeMayu, um, which would have been a big help for him in the field. But the Yankees shift a lot, so I think defensively he'll be fine. And you know we saw what he could do against the Orioles here. So if he gets you know 10 games out of 60 versus the Orioles, you know Glaber might hit 15, 20 home runs here and steal an MVP uh, there there at, at 1,200. So if you want to sprinkle a little money there and give me some credit, I'll take it. Um, and then staying on that. Um, I don't know if you've looked at the AL MVP uh, betting odds here. Garrett Cole for MVP, I think, is a legit option that everyone should be looking at here. Cy Young, I, he's the number one. He's like plus 125, not even worth betting on there. But if Garrett Cole is the true MVP for the Yankees in 2020, I think he could actually win MVP in AL. The pitchers seem to be ahead of the hitters so far in summer camp here. He's going to push it. He's got the pressure and wants to have that first title coming over after signing that contract. I think he's going to demand the ball, and we're going to see him throw a lot of innings, I think a lot more innings than we initially thought here. I think he could lead baseball in innings pitched and steal an MVP award, which would be pretty awesome. That would be that really would be, of course. We've seen Clayton Kershaw. In recent memories, Clayton Kershaw and Justin Verlander do just that. Um, yeah, to – I think he does. I think that is a good bet uh, because he's just got that look in his eyes. And we've seen it in this summer camp that he has the potential to just continue mowing hitters down. And like you said, I really could see a scenario where the Yankees give him the ball, you know. All the time. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Any big and, game, he's, I think he's going to demand the ball, even if it's only a couple innings here. I mean, he went – I don't have the exact number. I think he was at like 65 pitches his last, you know, inner squad game. And then, you know, I, he's, I think he's going to be going on the, I originally thought when their schedule came out, I said like Cole's going to be at 50, 60 pitches minimum on opening maximum on opening day. Now I feel like he's going to be wanting to be touching at least 80 on opening day. And if he could do that in, in late July here, you know, by the time, you know, September rolls around, 
it's going to be tough to take that ball out of his hands if he's throwing like Garrett Cole we know can throw. Absolutely. And he's obviously going into this Yankee season, the number one storyline. The Yankees wanted him for years. They drafted him out of UCLA. They tried to trade for him when he was with the Pirates. Uh, and they finally have their man far and away. My number one storyline going in the next week is seeing Cole take the ball versus Scherzer and then seeing him take it again against the Phillies, you know, at Yankee Stadium the next week. It's going to be absolutely thrilling. And uh, I can't wait. I can't believe we're a week away. And pray to God every night that this season can start and finish. That's it. Yeah, I think I think this could be ESPN's highest rated baseball game ever. Opening night, Cole versus Scherzer. People excited for baseball back. I'm really be interested to see what the the numbers are for for ESPN um, and see how close they get to. They, is it, they're going to have a World Series type viewing on opening day, um, and they should. I mean, it should. Every if anyone who ever watches baseball, if you're not watching that game to to start the year here, um, I don't know what you're doing. <laughs> and they're coming back a week before the NBA. Everything, yeah. And, so everybody wanted the, uh, you know, MLB to come back Fourth of July. They could have beat the other sports by a wide margin. I agree, but they're still beating the NBA by a week. I mean, NHL too, yeah. Not NHL good. people will be locked in to MLB, and and, and that's going to be great. Uh, you know, talking to a lot of my friends, they're not big baseball fans, but they're going to be tuned in. And I think that's a really good thing. We're going to have live sports next week. One of the the four major sports, at least, which I am so thrilled about. And I'm so thrilled that it's the Yankees and baseball looking at all my professional sports teams. The Yankees are really the only one that I'm 150% in on start to Every finish. Every year. Let's do it. Yeah. At, at, at this stage of my life. I am <laughs> so, so thrilled. And, uh, yeah, let's let's do this. Looking forward to another great year. And I hope it ends with, uh, let's say, a parade down. Uh, All right, let's Canyon. do it. Yeah. Well, I think a parade we... down the Canyon of Heroes, everybody wearing masks. Who uh who are the Yankees beating in the World Series? Because obviously we're both picking them to win the World Series. Do a, a last minute prediction here for for baseball. I'm gonna go all chalk. Yankees over Dodgers. Mookie hits 115 in the World Series. <laughs> Book it. I'll take it. I like that. Uh, I'm I'm gonna go with our, our our local here, Sam. I'm gonna take the Yankees over the Phillies, and the Yankees have to go through uh, Joe Girardi, Didi Gregorius, and and the old uh, David Robinson, the old the old Yankees squad here. Uh, so I'm gonna say Yankees over the Phillies here in a rematch of the 2009 World Series. But either way, like you said, as long as it ends with a some sort of parade, even if it's an empty streets of the Canyons of Heroes, uh, let's get that title back in the Bronx this year. One week to go from today, opening day baseball for the New York Yankees. Here, I'd like to thank you all for listening to this episode of podcasting in pinstripes. Um, as Sam mentioned in the episode, you know Sam and I will be writing some articles. Uh, about the Yankees on GothamSN.com. Please check them out. You can find myself on Twitter at AngelSteve89 and Sam at at real underscore Sam Mars uh, to oh, come at us anytime with your Yankee questions here. We'll hopefully answer them. Maybe uh, throughout the season, we'll take some fan questions here on the podcast and uh, we'll hopefully be doing these weekly um, for, the, for the Yankees and hopefully 
There's no, as you said, no stoppage of play here. And we get some baseball. As always, Sam, awesome, awesome talking to you. Take us out here with your final thoughts as we get one week away from opening day. One week away from opening day. Garrett Cole on the bump. Yankees near 100% on offense. Pray for no COVID outbreaks or injuries of any kind. Uh, Every single game matters, and I'm ready. Let's do this. Let's do it. All right, see you guys next week. Sam, as always, I'll talk to you later. Take care, Steve. Toodles.